You're listening to the Short Shift Podcast, proud member of the Black and Gold Podcast Network. You can support the show by leaving a comment and five-star rating on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can contact the show via Twitter at ShortShiftPod. Cynically acclaimed, incredibly online. It's Boston Hockey Talk with your hosts, Thomas Nystrom and Andrew Johnson. Enjoy the show. Andrew, do you remember what? hockey? What's hockey? It feels like fucking forever, dude. I know. It's 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 been so long. But maybe this break wasn't the worst thing in the world for the team as a whole, but it's speaking to a very deeper problem with the how the NHL is still after months handling all of these COVID protocol things. They've they've learned nothing, dude. They have learned absolutely nothing. They learned nothing from the Sabres Devils. Sabres must be fucking rip shit insanely pissed mm-hmm. about this because this is the second time this has happened. This is yeah. the second time yeah. this has happened. Yeah. I mean, they got off kind of scot-free this time, but we didn't. Tuesday, uh, the, the, that game shouldn't have happened. No. Last Thursday's game should not have happened. No, I mean, th- like knowing what we knew literally tw- less than 24 hours, it was 12 hours later that we started getting information about more positive tests and mm-hmm. more people being put into protocol. It, like, how did that game get off? Honestly. I think the NHL is under, I think the NHL is letting pressure dictate what they do. And that is always a recipe for disaster. Yeah. It's it's just amazing to me like the NFL kind of figured it out. Baseball figured it out. And right now the NHL is furthest removed from the start of the pandemic. It's literally been a year. Mm-hmm. And they still somehow have less information than anybody else does. Less idea of how to run their own protocol that they came up with. Like, it's so ridiculous. So, Okay. In that situation, you have a positive test on each side. You don't play that game. Short-term pain for long-term gain, man. Yeah. You do not play that game. Mm-hmm. But at least, at least that night. Yeah, exactly. Get more information. Maybe, maybe even skip those first two games. We would have still probably had the exact, the exact result when it came to how many people and and mm-hmm. all that, but. But like you have to do your due diligence, and they they just fucking. It's don't. optics. It's all optics. Yeah, I mean, you have a lot of people who just don't care about this and think that this is is nothing, and it's just this is just what we have to do, and just keep pushing through it like it's not a big deal. But you've established that it is a big deal. You've established that it is something that you need to literally like create the protocol, and then you just don't really follow it. 
You don't. That's the thing that kills me. That's the thing that absolutely kills me because it's if, selective protocol. It's selective protocol. Well, actually, I'll I'll go one further than you. I don't think it's selective protocol. I think we're still a year in, and it's the the best case scenario is that selective. The worst case scenario and the more likely scenario that I think is that they're still making this shit up as they go along. Yeah. And I think and, that's more than just the NHL, but the NHL seems to do it in such a sloppier way than the other the leagues NH- or, or really anything, business in general. The NHL, when they do something stupid, they go. It, they live under the Hunter S. Thompson philosophy. If you're going to be stupid, be king stupid. Yeah. You know, just... <laughs> Like, it's amazing to me how still over a year has passed and they still don't know what they're doing half the time. And then, and then whenever they, whenever they do something really fucking dumb, they don't just sneak around quietly and hope nobody will notice. They pick up the pots and pans and go, la, 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 la. It's, it's maddening to me. It is maddening. And that game, that game shouldn't have happened. I'm glad they won. You know, I mean, it's a, it was a good, any momentum that they would have had has, have been, has been thwarted by now. Yeah. But <sighs> it was nice to see. And, and we kind of talked about the possibility of the secondary scoring, taking a little pop. Like we got a Craig Smith goal. Mm-hmm. We got a McKaig goal. We got a DeBrusque goal. Mm-hmm. And then obviously yes. we, we tossed a pasta goal in there, but like three guys that, aren't doing shit basically right now right. all all contributing and Krejci three assists yeah you know the like that's same that's Krejci. almost exactly what we wanted to see in that game exactly. and and Halak played a good game that that one weird 50 foot deflection that he should have tracked and he didn't mm-hmm. uh that's you know, that's good, whatever good at, the, at the moment it seemed kind of like oh fuck like what yeah, is happening right, right now but right. it ended up being the only thing that Halak gave up and all is forgiven, but man, at that and moment, you know it was really rough to see. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Good for Colic Pozo. That guy's been through the fucking ringer to see him score. I was, I was like, Oh no. But part of me was like, cool. Yeah. I, I never really thought that the game was in doubt. Like you did get like that twinge of fuck, but the Sabres showed what our buddies at straight up Sabres told us. <laughs> yeah. This team is vomit incarnate. <laughs> and Jack Edwards, man. <laughs> mm. Yeah, he he right off the t- top of the broadcast, he was already railing on him. But the NHL's version of a dumpster fire. Mm. What an introduction! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not even really that much to recap in that game. It no. was it wasn't a good hockey game. It was yeah. the right result. It was the result that we needed, and it would have been nice to have gotten it again two days later, but. That I mean, we're staring seven games down the pipe at some point in the next two months that we're going to be playing the Sabres. We're playing so, 28 games in 45 days, Thomas. Yeah, it's it's not good. This this coming week is not good. They're they're playing. I was just looking at the schedule. They're playing. Uh, one of them's a back to back. They're playing a, a a day game in the middle of it, and it's and not for nothing, dude. We're we're playing the Sabres once. Mm-hmm. We're playing the Islanders once, Jesus. and we're playing. New Jersey twice. It's it's like a, in a week. Other than the Sabres, like I'm not excited about playing the Islanders. I'm not excited about playing 
Jersey. Jersey sitting barely above Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Well, 10, 10 points above Buffalo, but still, they're seventh yeah. place out of the eight. But they have our number right now. They do. They do. That the, the the playing real that that safe that safe style that New Jersey plays gives us fits for some reason. Yeah, it's the same kind of style that we play, so we should be able to counter counter it pretty well. But we just don't. No. Well, we I mean, just, just on the topic of the standings, looking at it, it's not as it's not as scary right now. We are sitting in fourth, and Philly is currently Philly is currently beating themselves over the head with a shoe. Yep, they're they're two points behind us, but we haven't had a problem with Philly, and we still have a couple of games in, against them. So, right, like we have the we control our own destiny as far as that position goes. Mm-hmm. But right. we are four points behind Pittsburgh, another an, an additional four points, so eight points behind Washington, and we're ten points behind the Islanders. However, right. we have played less games than every team in the division. We have we've played twenty eight. Yep, we have the second fewest regulation losses this year in the East division, which is kind of a cold comfort Mm -hmm. when you take into account that they've played so few games now, because you know, so many, so much fuckery (laughs) that has happened, Yep, but uh, 28 games in 45 days, that is going to be a, I think um, the, the, the one thing that um, I agreed with that I liked that Don Sweeney said in his press conference on Monday was this is going to be a war of attrition. If he was still holding off on pulling the trigger on a trade, don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Like honestly, the, the the games, the way they're stacked up mm-hmm. on this back end, he may not have a choice. You, you're going to need healthy bodies. The taxi squad is probably going to be a little bit more important, and getting production off of that squad, like a Greg McKay goal, yeah. those little things are going to go a long way. But yeah, we're we're definitely staring an even more important deadline down the pipe. Yep. We're, we're looking down the barrel of a gun and it's, it's nerve wracking. I got to tell you, this is probably the first, this is probably the first time this year that I've been legitimately nervous about Mm -hmm. the prospects of this team. Like there's been like little bits where I, where, you know, the trade deadline coming up and with everything else that's gone on. But, this particular part where we have five people, we have five players, five uh, key players on the COVID list, whether they be positive tests or contact tracing, is is very nerve-wracking. Um, and there are, there's even more urgency. And I think now more than ever, if Don Sweeney was waiting for the perfect deal, you ain't gonna get it now. You may have to you may have to take a hit on the chin a little bit in order mm-hmm. to in order to prop up your team. Because these teams know th- these teams know your plight and they're gonna swoop in and be like, Well, hey, um, gee, that first round pick's looking mighty fine for our middle six <laughs> for our middle six winger. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's there's a good amount of teams that are sellers right now. And they're mm-hmm. also fully aware that there's a lot of teams that feel that they're in it right now. Right. Because right. And if anything, like maybe partially because of the way that their the divisions are lined up, where they're seen they've seen every team in their division multiple times outside of like the Bruins playing the Sabres for sixty minutes all year. Right. But mm-hmm. but like Toronto and Edmonton and Winnipeg and Montreal, they all feel like they're in it. 
up there right. because they have their they have their they're the very bunched together. They have very bunched together right now. Toronto, Edmonton, Winnipeg. They're, they're two points. Two, two points. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Edmonton and Toronto are tied at forty-two, and I think Winnipeg has forty right now. Yeah. So. And it's not too far off again in in the Honda West. <laughs> Don't Vegas, oh Colorado, and Minnesota are all within a, a few points. Like yeah. Vegas, Vegas in the last like yeah, week and a half took a little little jump up, but. Like Colorado's hanging in there. I think Colorado's won eight out of their last ten, and they're they're within three points. Colorado is definitely a cup favorite, so they're get they're definitely going to be poaching too. So, yep. what teams would you describe as sell as you know firm sellers right now? And but besides the Sabers, because obviously they are too. I'm going to say Detroit. Like Detroit comes to yep. mind right off the bat. Right. Uh, I know they're they're only a year removed from the cup, but like maybe Dallas. Ooh, that's 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 tough. You yeah. know, like maybe Dallas. I don't I don't know a lot about their contracts and stuff like that, but they may surprise somebody and let somebody go. Uh, mm-hmm. Nashville has been obviously reported as sellers. Columbus, Columbus will Columbus, probably let somebody go. Columbus Arizona are perpetual sellers. San Jose may be sellers this year. Like Arizona is actually a really interesting case because one of their better young players, who is a Massachusetts native, natives and. If you listen very closely, you can hear Don Sweeney getting really hard. Is uh, <laughs> Connor Garland a? Yes. I did yep, see that. Connor actually. Garland has been linked, and he's one of their better. He's one of their best scorers, best go- pure snipers. Mm-hmm. So he could be, be he could there. be a cheap a cheaper version of like what you would give up to give get a get an echo home. Yep. he's also he's also he's also term controlled. Yeah, yeah, he's an RFA in 2022, I believe. Yeah, but but nobody's been talking about him for three weeks, so people are going to be more disappointed if they get them, get him yeah. than uh, Matthias Eichel. But yeah. I'm good. People either are way. disappointed we didn't get Travis Boyd yesterday. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I've stopped caring about <laughs> who people are disappointed in getting and not getting. I've stopped yeah. caring. Yeah. Because first it was VC, and yesterday, yesterday Sweeney. Y- yesterday, the best take that I saw is that Sweeney was an idiot for letting Travis Boyd go to Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, yeah, eight points in twenty games. It's another fourth line fringe NHLer. The same kind of people that you insist Don Sweeney only acquires. Yeah. Stop. Stop. It's it's so, shiny new toy all day. It's sh- it's all day. Yeah, shiny new toy all day. And there's going to be another name tomorrow. There's going to be another, there's going to be so many names that pop up over the next two weeks. And, and half the people talking about them won't even know a goddamn thing about said person. Right. Exactly. They're just going to, they're going to look at it, look at two highlight clips on YouTube and be like, this guy would be perfect. Second line. This is what Krejci needs. Like, dude, stop it. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's got seven points in 32 games. Yeah. (laughs) But like you said, right before we started recording, not a lot of information from Sweeney. It was a lot of it was a lot of nothingness. That was the first time I've ever seen a Sweeney press conference where he where he lawyered the whole thing. He yeah. said a whole he said an awful lot without saying a damn thing. <laughs> I was kind of disappointed at that. Um, all he really said was a lot of the players on IR are closer to coming back. It seem it sounds like Carlo's on a fast track, which surprising. Thank the Lord, baby Jesus, for yeah. that one. I honestly, I did not expect that as part of the update. And honestly, that's like really my only takeaway from it was mm-hmm. him saying Carlos skating and Carlos getting close. Like, I honestly was 
like I'm I'm just pessimistic by nature with this type of <laughs> shit with the head injuries and everything. Right. I didn't know if we would get him back by the time the playoffs even came. Like you never know what those head injuries in the exactly. fact that he's skating. He, okay, skating's one thing, but we've also heard that Kasha's been skating and yeah. nowhere to be seen. And I'm actually convinced that Andre Kasha doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, I think he's been. I think he's been taken out back. <laughs> he was he was just a hologram for us, basically. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much, which is yeah. very disappointing. But yeah. well, I actually did have another takeaway um, from Sweeney's press conference. Now that I now that you now that you mentioned that, mm-hmm. um, Carlos skating and wanting to do. He did say that the COVID protocol business is interfering with what he wants to do at the trade. Uh, wants to do in moving a player mm-hmm. you could take that one of two ways you could take that as you know we don't have a we don't we, we don't have an accurate read on our team or that one of the players jake debrusque um being on the covid list is gumming up the works a little bit what do you mm-hmm. think uh i mean those are those are valid options and mm-hmm. invalid thoughts when he said that my immediate inkling was he's kind of laying the groundwork for an excuse for another lame duck deadline. Ooh, yeah. That's, that's kind of where my head was at when he was saying that. And I was like, he's literally just giving us a sound bite mm-hmm. for, to use in two weeks mm-hmm. and be like, well, well, Sweeney said he, he may not be able to do anything because of COVID. It's like, I don't want to hear that excuse. We've known for a few weeks now, but certainly we were talking about this for at least two, three weeks now, just on this podcast. Yes, like exactly. that that something was needed to happen, something should happen, something will happen, etc. The excuse of okay, the last five days has completely destroyed that bullshit. Is you if, either make a move or not, and if and if it's not DeBrusque, you if if that is say say for example, just to play off of of where you're at with uh, mm-hmm. what you took away from it, if it was just DeBrusque. There's no way you're just trading DeBrus. It's going to be multiple pieces. It's going to be draft picks. Mm-hmm. And we've said before, uh, I know I know Allred is is big on this. The first round draft, we, it's a wild card. So for us to just throw a first rounder in there, it's not really that big of a deal this year. And It's the, not really that big of a deal too because this is easily the weakest draft we've had in about 10 years. Yeah, exactly. But, Since but 2012. The whole, but the, the flip side is the whole league knows that. And... Mm-hmm. So the value of a mid to late round first round pick for a lot of these teams that are contending right now isn't worth fucking anything compared to what yeah. it used to be or right. what it should be and what it would next year. I think the the thing that we're going to see if a big name moves somewhere in the league, whether it's with us or not, is it may not just be a first round this year. It's like the first round next year is going to be... Next year's draft is stacked. That's going to be the key piece. And that mm-hmm. may be what it takes to pry somebody away. Right. And that's that's more of my fear because it's like, oh, I, I, I like draft picks. Mm-hmm. I like going out and getting the young kids who are cheap where you can continue to pay your older stars because mm-hmm. that's how this team is kind of functioning right now and will function for at least another two, three years. Lo- yeah, that's what scares me is, yeah. But and they, and yeah. If, you, if you trade away next year's first round pick to get something this year and it doesn't pan out, he's going to get crucified again. The window and the leash on on Sweeney is, it's it's shorter than we may even know. In my opinion, I, I honestly this. think it is. I will say this: I have been pretty, I have been pretty 
soft on Sweeney because I think he is, I think in his time here, he's done a good job. Mm-hmm. Not a great job. I don't think he's a great GM, but I think he's a good GM and he's well-respected around the league. Mm-hmm. If you're right and he's laying the groundwork for excuses and he doesn't do anything in the trade deadline and uses COVID, all bets are off. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. If, if, if he does nothing, fuck you, man. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, I don't know if he has the balls to not do anything. I wouldn't be surprised if, if it is a, a, again, going to be one of those rentals, one of those cheaper rentals, one of those band Drew Stafford for a third round pick. Yeah, it's it's going to be Michael Band-Aid. Lyles for a fourth. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't, we don't want band-aids. We want, I don't, I honestly, if, if Vakanainen's got to go, if Debrus has got to go, if uh, Lauko or whoever, if they're willing to really get out there and get somebody, not only who can contribute right now, but with term, you're going to be giving up somebody like that. Mm-hmm. And right now, maybe it's just because I feel so unsettled with this team to begin with. For the first time in a, in a few years, I think, as a fan of this team, I don't know what's on the table in two to three years. Like, I don't know what this team is going to look like. Mm-hmm. And that's weird to think about because you think back to 2010, 2011, 2012, like those years where we really felt like this team has a fucking core. You knew certain players were going to be there for another decade. And just like at the end of like the Patriots dynasty or, or whatever, like you're starting to, you're starting to think about, oh man, like what are we going to have left in two, mm-hmm. three years? Right. And I'm kind of at that mental, that mental spot with this team. And it's not a fun place to be, but obviously you have a few days off and you start looking at this team on paper and, and also the radio silence didn't do well for my psyche. <laughs> like just not oh, hearing no. anything from the team for a few days. You're just like, oh man, you feel so disconnected from the game and you feel yeah, so disconnected exactly. from the team and it's not a good feeling. And, you know, and, and, and the fans with the natives were getting restless yesterday. You know, the, 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 the Chara talk started up again. The, I, I ignored it. <laughs> the offs, all the offs, all of all of the things that we were talking about in December, reared their head yesterday, and it was a direct result of and, and nobody knowing what the hell is going on. Mm-hmm. And it seems like we have a we we do have a little bit of a clearer picture. It looks like um, we'll know for sure at about in about six hours time. But it looks like practice is on for tomorrow, and it looks like the game is on for Thursday. Mm-hmm. What that means for the COVID five, and what that means for people coming off IR, and what that means for who's coming up and going down through the taxi squad in Providence, who knows? We may have we we may have a a stand up show for a lineup. Yeah, <laughs> something hilarious. Yeah, against against number one in the division, we're going to be running out a really weak. Just, Rusty team, skeleton crew. Yep, and it's it looks not, like it's going to be a skeleton crew. Yeah, it's that's yeah. that's damning for this team mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. if it if it does continue, depending on what the the protocols and and coming off of protocol for those particular players, if it continues into the Jersey series, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like we may be like in the Sabers in the middle of that, we may be running out a team that may potentially only match up with the Sabers right now. That's we, that's fucking terrifying. But if we take if we take four losses right here, right before the deadline, we're done. We're done, and we may be become a seller. 
Yeah. And this is, a very, this is very, yeah. Yeah. This is a very, very important juncture for this team. It's literally and the worst time in the league, like in the in, in the league season mm-hmm. for, for a COVID issue to affect this team. So far we've escaped it other than like us personally, like having an outbreak or anything like that. Yeah. We only we've had, had games delays. Yeah. Yeah. But we've had delays and we've been able to navigate around that. And it was earlier, early in the season, but now these games and these points are so much more crucial and now it's affecting us, and you don't want to use it as an excuse of why you can't go and get somebody, but it is going to be a factor in how this team plays out in terms of their record because all these games being on top of each other, if if this shit continues, which it will, mm-hmm. judging you by how... You have to go get somebody. Well, the thing is, like, in, we touched on it earlier, like, the NHL has a protocol and they don't fucking know what they're doing. And it seems to me like they kind of just let the teams be like, okay, you guys can take it from here. And if we have the right, the right idea in, in our front office, in our locker room on how to handle it, you're, you're on your own island. Or it's just like, all right, well, these are the basics. So take from it what you will. And the NHL has it's up to, to the Bruins to do it. Teams by the scruff of the neck and be like, no, we're, we're, the NHL, what the NHL should have done was like, okay, you have one positive test for each side. No, Mm-mm, not tonight, not tonight. Done. We'll but schedule like, it for later. But in, but what I mean is like, okay, did the league tell them to all take separate cars home from Buffalo? Right. Probably not. That was that was probably the the a contingency plan that the Bruins had in mind since day one. Right. And that is probably a big reason why there hasn't been any further positive tests or at least reported positive tests. Well, the thing that's the thing that's pretty damning too is that John Shannon of Sportsnet announced that the game was postponed and he's somebody who was usually very well connected. Mm-hmm. He announced that the game was postponed and then 30 minutes later, he issued a mea culpa and was like, nope, and nope, game's still on. Yep. And that shows me there's probably some communication issues as well <laughs> amongst the NHL amongst what to, uh, with what to do. Mm-hmm. It's I'm sorry to harp on, harp on all this COVID stuff too, but like uh, we've had some time to think about it because we've had no Bruins hockey. Yeah. It's, it's maddening. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're bringing up a interesting point. The idea that somebody like that reported that there's no game because I read that first report, me and you text back and forth uh, and we we saw it all over Twitter, like Im- the immediate reaction to it. And I was like, I think that's the right call. Mm-hmm. And I didn't hear that that got retracted immediately. You know, yeah. like I, it was so, it was probably like two hours after me thinking that there is no game. And I think at the time I was like editing last week's podcast. Right. And all of a sudden I'm starting to say, OK, game on. It's like son of a bitch. It was it was literally retracted as I was recording uh and G weekly with Don with uh, John. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, we're okay. So we're not going to have a game today in the middle of it. We're like, Oh, we're having a game. Okay. Should we retake that? Like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> it was just so confusing. Someone who is that well connected in Shannon being, I don't want to say duped, but probably being fed two separate things of information. I mean, some of that information may have come from one of the teams. If you if you want to like think about it, exactly. Maybe, maybe like just a hypothetical. Maybe somebody in the Bruins organization, whether it's a player or a coach or somebody that he's connected to, said, "Yeah, I don't think the game's happening tonight. Like we're 
we're kind of against the idea of a game happening tonight because we just had a player in our locker room with it, blah, blah, blah. And that's their thoughts. And then the mm-hmm. leagues was like, well, nobody else tested positive on your team. So I think we're, we're in the clear tonight. That's not how it works. <laughs> like the idea of quarantine. They're making it up as they go along. Quarantine, quarantine, like the term, a lot of people think it's like, I'm, I'm quarantining, like I'm just staying home and I'm av- avoiding being out and doing things because that's what quarantine is. Like, no, it's quarantine is also like uh, possible exposure and you're set aside for X amount of days right. to see exactly. if symptoms develop. That's what quarantine is. And and to say, well, symptoms didn't develop for anybody else or, or no positive tests came back immediately. Like that's, again, not how it works to run them out on the ice. And, and also like this week, because it's easy to go down the wormhole without any games, reading things about like how ice hockey rinks are considered one of the more susceptible places, uh, places for spread because of the cold and lack of air filtration and everything else like son of a bitch. So mm-hmm. with that in mind, Thursday night, 2,100 fans going to be in the arena. <laughs> that was a really good segue. And but, me, no, why? Yeah. <laughs> they, but I mean, I, I feel like this is exactly what happened with, with the, uh, the penguins a couple weeks ago where they had a, mm-hmm. a little COVID issue and it was like the week that they were opening up. It's just mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? And it's like, maybe we should push this back, but you know, you know, you know. Jeremy Jacobs was like, nope. We plan to have fans. We're going to have fans. He's done a good job just being completely AWOL through all this. Because we have, I don't know if we've even said his name more than two or three times on this podcast before. Because fuck him. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Love the team, but fuck that Montgomery Burns fuck. Like, yeah. yeah. He was probably the one that was that that was hitting the table with his shoe during the offseason meetings, trying to yeah. decide if there would be a season. Yeah. He was probably the one owner that was reported to have been vehemently against it. Mm-hmm. No one said the name, but the second that I read that, I was like, that was that was Jacobs. Yeah, that sounds like a Jacobs thing. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We we uh we talked about it a little bit on Twitter. Uh with some of the other uh, guys from other podcasts and stuff about the idea of how do you feel? Like, would you go to a game, et cetera? And I think the general consensus actually surprised me. A lot of people, a lot of people said like, if everybody was vaccinated, I wouldn't feel an issue or if uh, vaccinations were at a certain percent and, and whatnot. But a lot of people were mostly saying like, it's just not worth going right now. And that's, that's kind of my standpoint. I can, I could wait another couple months and go this coming fall. I could. Yeah. When things are just a little bit better. I could wait until next year. Yeah. I'm good with that. It's, it's a bummer and I would love to be at a game and, and honestly, part of me, like just as like media, I would love to go to a game and just be in the rink Mm -hmm. and just feel that again. But it's not going to feel the same when you're all like separated like that. So I, I don't know. Indoor stuff is just still questionable to me. Uh, outdoor mm-hmm. stuff like baseball and and even football, like the way they started kind of adding some people towards the end. It's it was I don't know, man. It's it's almost unsettling seeing people crowded together now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's just kind of like it's really funny what when you life watch is past right clips. Now. It's really funny now that when you watch past clips of when there are crowds, you're like, oh no, <laughs> you yeah. know, because it did this this has. 
absolutely just colored your view of the world now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, in even outside of like crowds and sports and stuff like that, you see a clip on, on like Facebook, like some, like some Karen arguing with a cashier at McDonald's. And it's like, why is nobody wearing masks? Like nobody's wearing masks. It's like, Oh, that was, that was probably from like 2017. Yeah. Right. But like your immediate thought is just like, why, why are all these people not wearing masks? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's become, it's become such part of our, part of our world now that when we don't see it, we get nervous. Yeah. And that to me shows we're probably not ready to go to a professional sporting event at this time, especially if it's being held indoors. Well, I don't know if you, if you caught this, but I think it was actually a picture from the Penguins game. Like when they first had fans back in, they showed like just kind of a shot of the crowd, like in, in a photo. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it was edited. There was a few people who didn't have masks did, on and they I edited masks that. on. I did see that. If, I did see that. If the league is literally going to pay some college intern or whatever to, hey, use Photoshop and throw some masks on, that probably speaks more to maybe we weren't ready to have people back in the arena if we feel like we need to make it look safer that's than a, it actually is. That's a really, really good point. And that that stands out to me. And that's that's why my views of going to the games. It's not that I don't trust you Bruins fans. I trust you. I love you, mm -hmm. but I don't necessarily want to be next to your uncle Ray. And I don't want to be in line. To, I don't want to be next to your uncle Ray when there's 17,565 people there, yeah. let alone, <laughs> <laughs> let alone d during non COVID times, the before times, yeah. the before times. I love that term. <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> the earth or, or from a uh, firefly reference, the earth the, that was <laughs> a, a long, long ago. Yes, exactly. So I, I think it's going to be a long time for me. And I don't, I don't know if it's, this sounds too sensitive or not, but I think it's going to be a long time before I can be in a crowd and not think of that. But I'm sure that's the same way for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. in general but like for me being an, a, a new father and having a young child to take care of like i don't know if i want her to be around seventeen thousand people or or 1500 people like right oh, now I, think, I don't i think that's I don't incredibly know. fair we don't need to be taking a 16 month old to td garden so i can get expensively drunk and watch a team struggle through three periods what is the difference between expensively cheap drunk and expensively drunk? What's the difference in the drunkenness? Uh, not drunk much. Expensively drunk. <laughs> I, I, I think maybe anger. <laughs> like you're more angry drunk when it's like. I, Why I'm, is this I, beer twelve dollars? <laughs> I have a seventy-five dollar buzz right now. <laughs> right. Then you just get mad. Fair enough. <laughs> but, but yeah, fans are going to be back in the arena, and I feel like it's the worst possible timing just for the optics of it. I'm sure everything's going to be fine. You're separated from, from the team. You're theoretically separated from everyone else in the arena. And it's only 2,100. It's such a minuscule amount considering the capacity. But maybe they'll stop uh, filtering in that very, very uncanny valley, creepy crowd noise that Nesson and all of them have been doing. It's hilarious because I feel like a lot of broadcasts, and, and I think it's all arenas, really. Uh, and they all do it so differently. And I don't know if you noticed, but... The Sabres was terrible. Uh, I think I've said this on the pod before, but the but a couple of them really do sound like the crowd noise that they used to put in in the old Genesis sports games. Yeah. <laughs> where it was like, kind of like, it kind of sounded like a bee buzzing through wind. 
I'm absolutely editing in some sound right now. <laughs> yeah, so we yeah can you know what that. I'm talking about, right? Like the yeah. old the old Joe Montana football. Or dude, dude fucking like Mike Tyson's punch out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like a, it's crap. Yeah. But right, honestly, yeah. like some arenas definitely have that. It's just uh, for the Sabres, I made the joke uh, to my buddy. I was like, mm-hmm. it sounds like the minimal amount of people that are allowed in that arena had to back their car into the like concession area and just turn their cars on and just fill the arena with exhausts and terrible car sounds. Like <laughs> <laughs> you almost be doing Sabres fans a, a service at that point. But oh my god, uh, <laughs> it was the franchise is a mess, man. Oh my god! Like we talked, we talked about how bad it was. It's it's fucking bad. Mm-hmm. The team looks so just. I don't like to say that professional athletes look like they're quitting or that they're they're NHL players. Mm-hmm. Some of them shouldn't be, but they are professional hockey players. Mm-hmm. There's not a person on any NHL ice that's better or not as not as good as as somebody listening to this podcast, speaking on this podcast, or any fucking podcast. There's no way. These right. are these are the best in the world, and they're the cream of the crop. They're their particular collection and brand of that crop is just fucking garbage. <laughs> like this, <laughs> there's no way, there's no way else to describe it. Like the you cream know, like rises the whole, to the top, but the cream is kind of like, you know, when you have the half and half that goes bad and it comes out like cottage cheese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Pugula is just like, nah, I'll run that out there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. We're paying, we're paying them, we're paying that guy nine mil. We're paying that guy ten million. What's that, Kevin? You need an assistant? Nah. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I saw on Twitter too, and uh, it was just one of those accounts that's generic name and seven letters or seven numbers. Right. They they made the the comment like trying to shit talk some Sabres fans because uh, it was a Bruins fan. They were trying to shit talk some Sabres fans and just saying like uh, Boston College could beat you guys. Or BU could beat you guys and blah, blah, blah. What's like, the number one rule of comedy, Thomas? <sighs> Never punch down. Yeah. <laughs> but like that 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 argument of mm-hmm. a college team could beat that pro team. Is ludicrous. Like how, we, well, how you're always like, oh, Ohio State could beat the Browns. It's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't do that. That's embarrassing. Yeah, Alabama, Alabama could beat the New York Jets. No, they couldn't. The New York Jets would demolish them. Yeah. Because they are they they are professional athletes yeah. who get paid. Well, Alabama gets paid too, but yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, your foot's in your own mouth with that argument, but <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> yeah, but it, yeah, I just I just hate that argument and stuff. Like I get it. No, it's, it's terrible. It's more you're more just like aggrandizing the the situation. But I don't want to discredit some of those players because you know what? There's a pretty good fucking chance that a few of those players are going to go to teams that are going to comp- uh, contend for a Stanley Cup this season. God, I can't wait until Jack Eichel goes on a team that he goes on a team and the light returns to his eyes. His Daniel Stern looking eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's going anywhere, but man. Sam Reinhart, Rasmus Ristolainen, Rein- yeah. Rasmus Dalin, pick one. Yeah. Jeff Skinner. If Jeff Skinner ever if, if Jeff Skinner they gets They can't get belt, rid of that contract, dude. Yeah. There's no way. I was just about to say, if Jeff Skinner gets dealt, Kevin Adams should win GM of the year on that alone. <laughs> yes, <seriously. laughs> uh, so we got Islanders, potentially. Yeah, and we, I mean, I, and now I, we got I, Sabres. 
<laughs> I think every game preview that we do right now should be potentially until further notice. Yeah, everything. Let's, just, let's pretend it's happening. <laughs> yeah. So, Islanders, then a game against the Sabres, and two against Jersey. I don't even know really about making predictions because I don't know what team we're going to run out there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take a wild guess and say that we are not running out anything worthwhile to the Islanders because even at full strength, this team shits the bed when we play the Islanders. So mm-hmm. I think that's a fat loss right there. And that would put us 12 games behind them or 12 mm-hmm. points behind them. Well, this, is, this may not be a very exciting week. It's It'll be exciting to see hockey games. It'll be exciting to kind of see these trade win, uh, trade wins start uh, picking back up, but. The the trade winds the trade winds should be blowing Don Sweeney to a certain shore right now. Um, twenty eight games in forty five days. Knowing that that's going to be, knowing that that is going to be the shore. You know the that's what's coming up. Yeah, that might be that might that might be daunting for some of these players, but these are professional hockey players. Everybody is, everybody has to play under the same parameters, and some some have to play under slightly different ones. But you gotta you gotta shop and play. You gotta do your best. Yep. Um, this week, I may I may punt punt predictions this um, for this episode because we don't know we don't know what team what team is going to show up. We don't know if Jack Achan's getting top pairing minutes. Yeah. We have no idea. <laughs> he was fun to watch the other night. Actually, that's that's one one thing that I remember from watching that game that felt like it was a year and a half ago. He reminds me of, um, Tory Krug, but a little more, a little more, a little more balls to his game than Krug had. Mm-hmm. Definitely. He's still, he's still, he's still green. He's still greener than grassy shit, but he's got a lot of raw talent. I think the difference for me from what I've seen from him and, uh, having AHL TV and being able to watch some, some P Bruins games and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. I've seen from him, it he, obviously size. It, the natural thing is to say, he reminds me of Krug. He reminds me of Krug. I will agree with you. He plays with a little bit more balls, confidence, whatever you want to say. I think yeah. the difference for me is Krug always kind of had that, that underdog, that Napoleon complex and used it to his advantage in the same way as like a Marshawn does. Right. I don't think a con plays like he knows he's small. Mm-hmm. He he uses he uses his size to advantages in certain spots. He's small, like but he's there. big. He's like five yeah. eight, one hundred ninety pounds. He's the dude's bulldog. built like a small tank. Yeah. So I, I honestly I would like to see him get some more minutes and stuff. And right now we're in a position where we don't really have much of a fucking choice. But there was a a really a really telling stat uh, after the Sabers game that as of right now. We have just one defenseman that's here over in America under a two-way contract that hasn't played uh, under either an NHL or a two-way contract that hasn't played for the Bruins this year, and that's oh. Nick Wolf. No shit. Okay. Yep. Yep. When Jack Chan made his debut, we are now down to one defenseman under a under a contract that we can move up and down that has not gotten any NHL minutes this year, and we're halfway through the year. Well, in terms that's of defensemen, insane. rather. Yeah. Now that's that's terrifying, but also it kind of speaks to the type of depth that Sweeney has afforded us. Mm-hmm. So f- for that reason, I'll 
I, I, it almost makes me feel good that we're still in the mix. Looking at the standings right now, I think the bottom four, the bottom four, the top four, the top four. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia, I don't think is going to crack the top four unless somebody completely falls off. And Philadelphia I don't know if- got whooped yeah. twice last week. Something is deeply wrong with that team. Yeah. Okay. So the way the standings are sitting, the top four, the top four, the bottom four, the bottom four. I don't think Philadelphia is going to crack the top four. So I think it's, I think the, I think the Bruins are safe and will be in it because I think the teams that would be behind us, Philadelphia, New York, I think we can beat them. And I don't think Jersey is coming back up to catch anybody. Do you so, think they can make a push for like yeah. third or second? Yep. So as do I. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm looking at it right now and being a little bit pessimistic. I think it's going to be a flip-flop of the Bruins in Pittsburgh for three and four. And I think one and two is going to be a flip-flop of Washington overtaking the Islanders. Mm-hmm. So my prediction, I guess, as of right now, knowing nothing about the deadline, knowing nothing about the team that we're running out on Thursday, <laughs> like without knowing anything, just – just blind generality, I would say Washington one, Islanders two, Boston three, Pittsburgh four. That's what I would like to see. That is maybe best case scenario for Boston right now, unless they get extremely healthy, extremely hot, and get somebody in here who is going to spark either the second or even third line. Because I would take a third line spark at this point too. Right. I just need to see a little bit of something. And to see Craig Smith break through and to see DeBrusque pot one again, I want to see those dudes play with confidence because we've seen that before. We've seen DeBrusque perform. And we've, and I, I, a lot of Bruins fans haven't seen the Craig Smith who goes on a hot streak, but I've seen it before and it is exciting as fuck. And, Pasternak took six shots on goal the other night. Like they are, they were pushing the other night. I want to see that continue. This little layoff fucking sucked because I'm hoping that momentum didn't completely go away. But there's a good chance they come out flat against the Islanders. And and the uh, literally in this division, the Islanders are the only team that I don't want to play on Thursday. I would <laughs> I would literally play the Capitals. I would play New Jersey, even though we struggle against them. I would play any of those teams right now. But the Islanders. You're you're walking into a home arena and feeling like you're not going to win, and I fucking hate that. Well, <clears throat> the Islanders are miss are going to be missing Anders Lee for the rest of the year, so that might be a little bit of a um, little bit of a uh, push towards us. But I agree, um, this is still a Barry Trotz coach team, and they've. They've had our ass all year long. Mm-hmm. And it's not fun going into your own home arena and thinking, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Especially with the complete uncertainty with who, who you know, who you're going to bring in, who's going to, yeah. what your lineup's going to look like. And that's, that's the larger piece of my point. Like the Islanders have had our ass at full strength. We are mm-hmm. not full strength right now. Mm-hmm. And we are days away from even skating. Right. You know, like they're, this is not a good time to play the best team in the division or arguably the best team in the division. So I, I don't have high expectations and to come off a week of not watching a Bruins game 
and to have that level of pessimism as opposed to excitement. Okay, we're finally playing the game. Yeah, I'm really excited about watching it. I'm going to watch mm-hmm. it even if we get smoked five to two. But I, I hope you didn't don't just feel good that about into the existence. Yeah, probably. <laughs> God damn it, Thomas. <laughs> yeah, it happens. No, I've been I've been wrong a good amount lately. So I'm trying to be a little bit more negative than I would normally be, because <laughs> then I could be pleasantly surprised. Expect so, the wor- expect the worst. Hope for the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Predict predict the worst. Hope for slightly less than the worst. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. That's a that's a not really a big difference between the ceiling and the floor there, dude. No. I mean, yeah. I'm looking at the next four games, the the two against Jersey split. Well, mm-hmm. I think we can still beat the Sabres even with a skeleton crew. And I think the Islanders are a loss. So two and two, four, maybe five four points with an O-time mm-hmm. loss. F- I would take five out of the eight for, for where we're coming from right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's that's not going to do much other than kind of hold us in this this pattern that we've been flying for the last three four weeks anyways as far as it goes in the standings but yes uh, I don't I just don't I don't want to lose this division this week is basically my larger point I don't want to lose and fall out of this division I I would be fine if we just kind of hang I'm not expecting to gain ground right now the last game against the Sabres was the first time that the Bruins had won two straight in about a month yeah so expectations shouldn't be high right now no no um I'll say four out of eight points. I'm not even going to, I'm not going to afford them an overtime loss, but that's, I know I already said that I was going to punt predictions, but that's not the spirit of the show. So Mm. I will predict four out of eight. Just for shits and giggles here. Mm. We've already said and established that the Bruins have a number of games to make up, which Mm -hmm. is fine. Looking at the standards like, Oh, that's more points available that they can win. That, the, the bummer of it is, as we said, you're going to be playing more games in that span than other teams. So you're going to be struggling and potentially gassed walking into the playoffs if you make it. Now, we've played mm-hmm. 28 games. That is tied with Dallas, who is one of the biggest teams that's had an issue with, with COVID to begin with. Texas, get out of here. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they've also played 28 games. Mm-hmm. The most games that have been played is 36. That's Vancouver. Mm-hmm. That's a fucking eight-game swing between like how many games certain teams have played and, and not played. Mm-hmm. That said, even with us having some games in hand, looking at it, just the, the bare bones of it, league-wide points, we are dead center. Mm-hmm. We are 15th out of 31 teams. And theoretically, you can say that there's only 30 teams in the league and then there's Buffalo. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so we are dead center. So this is a, this is a middle-of-the-road team. And mm-hmm. like you just said, for the last two months, they've been playing middle-of-the-road hockey. Mm-hmm. We are 5-3-2 and two in our last 10. That's, mm-hmm. that's 500 hockey. Yeah. I don't have... I don't or, have or a 600-point percentage if you want to be really generous. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. but we're not being generous right now. <laughs> no, there's there's no reason to be generous. Exactly. We we have to start looking at this team as I don't want them to be sellers, but I want to look at this team and and not 
mistake that we're not the same team that we were at this point last year when we first went into like the COVID era where we were arguably the best team in hockey. Mm -hmm. And even at the beginning of this league or this season, we, we were very, we were playing very well and things were looking really good. And then it, it died off. Which one is the real Bruins? Which one is the real one? And if, if it is, if it's the latter, how the fuck do we fix it right now and get back to where we need to be? Clock is still ticking, Don. Like, so, if anything else, this has proven that you can't be safe anymore, man. No. His job's on the line, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I want to give him a pass, but at the same time, it's like you have to look at it. I've, I've said multiple times that a COVID season doesn't feel like a real season. You can't really judge a team or... Or, or the performance of a front office on it. Mm-hmm. This is about as close to a full season as we're going to get. It's it's being it's being treated like a full season, just with less games. Like they're still doing certain deadlines. They still have certain protocol for for the way the season is is laid out. It's not like rules have changed on what you can and can't do in the front office. So if you want to treat this like a real season, because this is going to be a lot more of a real playoff than what we got for the end of last year. Mm-hmm. This is going to feel like a real playoffs. And if you don't set your team up for a playoff, then what the fuck are you doing? If you don't set up your your team up for a real playoff, considering everything that you have said publicly, talking to Sweeney now, if you don't set this team up for a playoff, considering everything that you have said publicly, you you have put the target on your own back. Remember that. He did that two weeks ago. Then, you know, you, you have deforted yourself you have un- you have you you cannot afford excuses and you cannot afford to take a shortcut and you cannot afford to be safe i have been very lenient on don sweeney these past couple of years but if you insist on continuing to treat it like a real season then you have to see it through. Yep. I have said that I'm not sure if his job is on. I I even said this a few weeks ago. I'm not entirely sure his job is on the line. I would give him a little more rope than that, but with the target, I wouldn't say it's entirely safe. I wouldn't say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I said this on, I said this on BNG weekly last week, the seat's not hot, but there's no need for a blanket. Yeah. If you catch my drift. Yeah. I'll leave you with this thought on this topic. Mm. The idea of maybe maybe his job's not on the line, but we've heard nothing from the rest of the front office, namely Cam Neely. I find that really interesting. That's that's interesting to me because it's like maybe maybe his ass is a little bit on the fire. Are we? And are maybe we, oh, Cam Neely's you- not saying because Cam Neely isn't coming out and just straight up defending anything that's going on. He's not talking about the team. Cam Neal is not really he's saying not anything. talking. <laughs> yeah, he's not saying anything. And for for Bam Bam to not say something is the lo- oh, very, I see. What you, I see where you're you going. You know what I mean? Like maybe mm-hmm. maybe he's. I don't want to say distancing. I I feel like the impression is that they have a good working relationship. But is Cam distancing himself because there is mumblings in the front office that Sweeney's leash is is shortening? 
that's because you could take that two ways. You could yeah. take that as as maybe Neely doesn't feel the need to give the vote of confidence, or Neely doesn't want to give the vote of confidence. So I mean, it's very that's, you could speculate that you could speculate on that all day. And the only thing Neely has said this year is that we're looking to add. Mm-hmm. That's all he said. That's all he said. So this is this is what happens when you have too many days off. You start yeah, thinking of all know. these terrible negative things. Exactly. Yeah. I just maybe a couple of these back to back games would actually do my heart well. Yeah, exactly. Just help just me, help me sleep hockey. Yeah. Just seeing some hockey and just being and, and just being able to actively critique what's on the ice instead of you know, if Twitter is any indication, instead of rehashing the Zidane Ocharic topic for the twenty fifth hundredth time. Yeah. <laughs> We're so. so far removed from playing them again too. Like I don't I don't think we play them again till like first or second week of April. So we're, yeah, we're like right. two weeks away from it or some shit. Yeah. So like, let's, let's calm that down a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to talk about them. <laughs> I don't want to talk about anything. <laughs> I mean, other than, other than like the first episode and then like the episode that we finally were covering and previewing a game against them, there hasn't really been any reason to talk about the dude. Yeah. There just hasn't. So yeah. to see his name continue to pop up on Twitter, it's just like, let's just let it go, man. Well, I think it's because of the the argument of w- what does this team need, and that that's that that that's been the big one. Now, what does this team need? What does this team need a forward or a defenseman? Is yes an answer? Like, yeah. I think they need a forward more. But if the price is right on Echo, I'm fucking go for it. Mm-hmm. I would take that. Yeah, exactly. If the price is right on Echo, go for it. If the price is right on Connor Garland, go for it. But it doesn't have to be one or the other. I don't, and I don't think it's a one move, a one move deadline for the Bruins. It needs to be. It shouldn't be anyway. It needs. To, I think both sides need to be addressed, or there's there you're never going to hear the end of it. I will say that if he ends up getting Mark Stahl for two second rounders, I will be on the front of the fire Sweeney train. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh God! Did I just speak that into existence? <laughs> yeah, I was just I was just visualizing. Him putting on a Bruins jersey and skating out there, and nobody talking to him. <laughs> like just, just like uh, what was the quote from uh, Superbad? Like sitting alone, like Steven Glansberg. Just <laughs> Mark Stahl on the bench eating pudding. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh my god! Yeah, we need to stop suggesting these terrible things and the very unlikely a, a chance that somebody in the Bruins front office would ever fucking listen to this podcast. I don't want Don, anybody Don, to get it. Yes. Yeah. Don Sweeney's listening to this being like, huh? Yeah. You mean Nobody listening to this. Talk about this on Twitter at all. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. Erase the last two minutes from your head. Exactly. All right. So I made some predictions. You said you weren't going to, and then you kind of did. <laughs> so we, we don't have a lot on the line right now, which is kind of nice. I think, I think, the team has enough on the line with the next couple of days that we need to just kind of sit back and just potentially be sad fans for a few days. Yeah. A cu- couple more days. I, th- I With the game not being for another couple of days, I'm almost scared of what tomorrow is going to bring. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Just people will start, people are going to be starting, you know, throwing their own shit. That's it. Nat- natives are restless. <laughs> 
I want to, I want to sit here and say that they shouldn't be, and they need to like, just chill. We preached that seven, eight weeks ago. Mm-hmm. We can't really preach it right now. This, this is, this is crunch time. It and is. the fan base has every right to be worried. You don't have to sit there and cry on the internet all day, but you got every right to be worried right now. This is, this is definitely different than a one, one and one start. Mm-hmm. So I think we have every right, you know, the, the, the beginning of that was like, okay guys, it's three games, but now it's literally the midpoint of the season. It's put up or shut up time. It's yep. really, it really is gut check time for this season for the Boston Bruins. Does Don Sweeney have an eye towards next year? Or in a in a case that Thomas that you sort of brought up, is there going to be a next year for him if he decides to whatever he decides to do? You got genuine, me thinking about that, Cam Neely. Yeah, I mean, I really, I don't think this is it for him. Mm-hmm. But if if this deadline goes as poorly as I, I fear it might, you may see some heads roll, mm-hmm. and things may get blown up. Right. Mm-hmm. I think the one the one thing and I keep saying like I, will we become sellers if we fall apart this week? Will we be sellers if if we feel like we're out of it? Do you think there's any chance that Sweeney could be a seller and this fan base allows him to keep his job? It's going to be fully on him and maybe that's why Cam is just missing Bye. action. No, he's biding his time right. Is he is he biding his time right now, or is he just like, I don't want to be a part of this. <laughs> yeah. Um. And but to answer your question, will this fan base allow Don Sweeney to be a seller with the already with the already precarious footing he has with this fan base? The answer to that is a resounding no. Yeah, and I don't even know if it's just his fan base. I think it's Boston in general. Look mm-hmm. at everything that's going on with Jane Bloom and the Red Sox. They're unloading that team. They trade Mookie Betts last last February, and it's like, mm-hmm. like Red Sox fans don't want to see the team sell off. You want to compete every year. But Don, he's 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 cleaning up the mess that Don Don Dombrowski left. Yeah, and Sweeney did the same thing for Shirelli's mess. He cleaned up the mess that he left. But now, now it's results time. He's yep. had results, but this year is the, the these next twelve months basically. These next twelve to fifteen months mm-hmm. are probably the most important in Bruins history in about fifteen years, and I'm counting the cup year in that yep. because this decides where the this decides where the franchise goes for the next five to seven years. optimist, but regulate your own fucking emotions, Tom. <laughs> <laughs>